1: Good morning, welcome to Cap Chicago on WNDZ, seven fifty a.m. The time is exactly eight oh one on this beautiful Monday morning in Chicago. The last Monday in April. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, co-host, backed by popular demand again. Yeah, yeah my Mark wife Teresi. called. My wife called and said, "Please put him on." here. Him on there, get him out of the house here. <laughs> and it, uh, backed by popular demand, who is assistant to the rector? Happens to be me for planning and development of the cathedral. How was your weekend? What happened, special in your home? Well, my wife turned 39 again. God had belated happy birthday from last Saturday, Mary. Happy 39th again. Vir- virtual uh, Zoom
2: birthday with our four kids, with friends of ours from California. And she had about three or four drive-by friends wishing her happy birthday and dropping some gifts off. She said, as unusual a day as it was, it it was a charming birthday, so
1: but it was so different. Very,
2: oh, very! We couldn't so we couldn't different. hug anybody. Our little granddaughter Lydia Mary opened one of the gifts virtually, and Lydia looked at her mom and said, "Oh, that's all grandma stuff." <laughs> she <laughs> thought she'd get a
1: toy or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so belated happy 39th birthday to you, Mary. How many years married? Thirty nine. This August. So coming up on forty a year from now. Mm-hmm. I'll certainly keep. Uh, in prayer for her birthday and uh, you know but so different everything is so different yes and i talk to people i say with the grace of god this too shall pass and i always say to people choose peace over panic faith over fear wisdom over worry and god is with us but it's tough i mean I tell you we have moments of being in a funk and how is this all going to end and when is it going to end
2: and for people to just understand it's normal to have these different feelings, these valleys, these you know, peaks. It's because it's so, such an experience that none of us have lived through before.
1: You know Cardinal Subic gave a marvelous homily yesterday for our website and Facebook or not Facebook, but uh, then for channel 7 ABC, which plays back on Sunday at 9:30 in the morning. had a great story and just connecting and saying, this can also be a new moment for us. Mm-hmm. So instead of taking the, and it came down to is how do you make lemonade out of lemons? So it can be a new moment for all of us. We have a great hour lined up. Our phone number, 312 255 8408. 312 255 8408. And Father John Carci, a tremendous priest, a great priest, the Archdiocese of Chicago, Rector President of Mundelein Seminary, University of Seymour the Lake, joins us by phone to talk about the seminary, hosting a virtual, a virtual, may crowning on may 3rd father karchi can also discuss the impact of our current health crisis on seminary studies father john karchi welcome to the program how are you john
3: hey father greg thanks so much great to be with both of you Good, and
1: welcome it you're uh, back
3: by my popular demand father greg <laughs> hear
1: you. you are back by popular dem- demand also <laughs> too john and uh aren't you wouldn't be the first to admit that uh For the seminary, for the world, everything's been turned upside down.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, But again, uh, nothing that other folks aren't dealing with as well. It was, gosh, about five weeks ago now, uh, I guess, that we made the difficult decision to uh, send all the guys home. Mm -hmm. And some of the seminaries, well, just a few really, have decided to keep everyone in and basically just go under total lockdown quarantine. But we have men from such far-flung corners really all across the country that I felt would be best for them to be uh, with their people and their bishop and their home diocese. So we sent them home, and, uh, you know, we're sheltering in place here, the resident priests and a small skeleton staff. But I love what you said about faith over fear. Um, I think that's very true And my hope is that our guys uh, are actually helping to instill that wisdom uh, to the people that they're with, even while keeping social distancing. Are the seminarians,
1: John, are they doing studies online?
3: They are. So a full slate of studies. We got all our faculty uh, up and running. Uh, Really huge note of gratitude for them for getting all that going. We took one week. Uh, of hiatus just to get everything set up. But we've been able to finish out the semester successfully. This is uh, finals week. Mm.
2: So, full disclosure, I was up at Munline some of my happiest years, 15 years. Uh, in fact, John was a student, worked in our office. Really?
1: Before he was That's how old I am. Yes. So, John, you worked <laughs> in the office that Mark Teresi headed.
3: I sure did. And he, I never hesitate to say those were uh, some of the best times that I had here. And that big old white counter where yes, I uh, exactly. hand-stuffed thousands of envelopes. <laughs> he sure did. There. He sure <laughs> did.
2: He got to know all of his future donors by sending <laughs> them right. letters.
1: John has nightmares over that white counter. Uh,
2: well, and one of the things that John has seen over the years, and he's continued to really grow, is the idea of folks connecting to the mission of the seminary. Now, how are you continuing to, because I remember they had, we would have like a rector's mass and a big reception. There was, there were concerts There were open. There was a lot of stuff going on. How are you keeping folks connected?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And again, trying to do it uh, virtually as much as possible. Uh, you mentioned the May crowning, which is coming up mm-hmm. uh, this Sunday, May 3rd, uh, which is, you know, again, been a wonderful tradition. And, and so many of these traditions. Uh, Mark, go back to to your good work here. Um, And you know, it's not the same thing, obviously, but it also allows an opportunity to tailor the message a little bit, and I like to remind people that the Holy Spirit hasn't gone anywhere, certainly Mary Mm -hmm. hasn't gone away, Um, and it's just an opportunity to hold one another in prayer uh, and in our thoughts, and there's a kind of holy longing as we're aware of what we're missing. Um, that doesn't have to defeat our spirituality; it can actually deepen it.
1: Now, John, would normally May crowning been held on the grounds, and hundreds of people would have uh, attended?
3: That's right, mm-hmm. uh, It's one of our biggest events. So now people can uh, sign up virtually right on the website. Uh, we'll be live or we'll be broadcasting it at one o'clock, and then of course it'll be up for viewing uh, any time after that.
1: How does it look? Is it an outdoor procession? Is it held in the chapel? Is it held by the grotto? It'll
3: be, yeah, it'll be held in the John Paul II chapel.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and uh, there'll be music, you know, all by seminarians. We'll be doing the readings. And what's kind of neat is they're all doing it from where they're sheltering in place. So you'll get a little sampling of uh, the various worship spaces across the country. Um, you know, what it looks like in El Paso, what it looks like in Grand Rapids.
2: So forth. Well good. Let's continue this conversation. We're gonna take a little break. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz, Father John Karchi, rector, president of Seminary. We'll continue to talk about the wonderful, wonderful mission of Mundline when we come back. Please stay tuned. <laughs>
4: home-delivered meals to seniors, evening-to-go meals for the homeless, financial assistance, counseling, and other services. These are all programs Catholic Charities has been providing for years to people in Cook and Lake Counties. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we have worked to keep all of these programs going, never turning anyone away. The needs are urgent and they will grow, but we want you to know that we will be here as we always have been, with food, housing, financial assistance, and ongoing support. Thank you to the many, many donors and partners helping us serve those most in need. We couldn't do it without you. Would you consider joining us too at this historic time? Go to catholiccharities.net to donate and to learn more about our volunteer opportunities. Thank you on behalf of all those we have the privilege to serve. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here.
0: A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count Thank you for participating, and may God bless you and your families.
2: We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., phone number 312-255-8408. Father John Karchi, Rector-President, Munline Seminary. Greg wanted to know if his room up at Munline is now a shrine. <laughs> 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 it
3: is, and the pilgrims stream through every year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Virtually now. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, Greg did have a question for you. Oh, Mark's always trying to get back to me as I'm trying to get to him. And oh. it, uh, uh, Question, John. You have an incredible background, for maybe for a few moments, tell us your vocation story. I know you love priesthood. You are a gift to the people of Chicago. We're both blessed with the gift of priesthood. And just maybe for a few minutes, your vocational story.
3: Sure, absolutely. Uh, Well, I've been blessed in so many ways throughout my life, but definitely two passions that I always shared uh, was a love of science and I wouldn't necessarily say a love of the priesthood, thinking of it that way so explicitly, but a love of my faith, and a love of my Church. So grew up in a large Catholic family, uh, but as I said, a love of science, and was just very privileged to be able to study that uh, all the way through college and graduate school, and uh, ultimately got a degree in astrophysics, and was able to work in that field for a little bit.
1: You know, just as uh, a side thing is, uh... Are you able to give us the title of your dissertation? <laughs> I can't even pronounce it.
3: Well, I refuse to quote it. That, that's one thing. It's <laughs> too esoteric. But basically looked at how one of the ways galaxies form in the early universe. So, <laughs> Just uh, pr-
1: breakfast reading for me. <laughs> wow. Oh, my god!
3: Uh, it, it's no worse than some of these theology dissertations, believe me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was wild. So I was at the University of Chicago, and... Uh, uh, just a good priest who I know is respected by all of us, he sadly passed away a few years ago, uh, Willard Bill J. Bush. Yes,
1: was, you know, uh, Willard was my, there. He was my cam priest at Mundelein Seminary. Okay. Well, in there you go. Two center, it was Father Bill J. Bush.
3: And taught homiletics and exactly. for many years. Great priest. But he was certainly influential on, you know, seeing the transition from uh, a of faith, a deep faith, and a love of the Church into uh, priesthood itself. And I just remember, he was a, a lover of learning very much himself, uh, a polymath of sorts, great composer, and I just remember him opening the window to me, you know, and seeing that um, in and through the priesthood could be ways of just even growing ever more in a love of the great traditions of the Church, But he also taught me that diocesan priesthood is where my heart was, you know, to really uh, be with the folks uh, out in the world. Um, And, you know, now obviously I'm at the seminary, but still I try to always keep that focus for the guys, that the vast majority of them, when they leave here, God willing, are going to be in in churches and parishes out on the the corners of the neighborhoods, the country, and the world.
1: John, was there a defining moment in your life in which you said, responding to the call of God, because I truly believe the Lord calls, but many just don't respond, and the Lord certainly called in my life like yours. Was there a defining moment?
3: Yeah, and I wouldn't say it was a, you know, a lightning flash kind of moment, but it was definitely a defining experience, and uh, that was, again, going back to college, uh, working as a Eucharistic minister, volunteer in the hospitals there at the U of C. So just bringing the, the host from St. Thomas Apostle, the local parish, and just that experience of being with the people uh, in their illness, but bringing them the Blessed Sacrament, and that for me just really opened up a whole world of what these sacraments that I'd grown up with, the the real power and potency that was there, And, and that began a journey of learning how to pray and exploring the faith and just growing in that love, not only of the Lord and the Church, but of priesthood in particular.
2: And it's interesting, I'm thinking of one of Greg's um, predecessors, Bishop Lyon. Uh, I remember him giving a talk, and one of the young seminarians asked him, Bishop Lyon, did you have a defining moment? He said, yeah, in eighth grade, he said uh, the nun announced the eight, ten guys that were going to Quigley. (laughs) And uh, afterwards, his parents said to him in the vestibule after the ceremony, Timmy, we didn't know you wanted to go quickly. He said, "Neither did I." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he said, "The rest, the the rest was history." Tell us a little bit about, um, maybe a little bit more about uh, the May crowning and specifics too, so that uh, people know how to beam you up.
1: <laughs> yeah, beam you <me> up, Scotty. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. So as I said, it will be uh, broadcast for the first time this Sunday at one p.m. And what we are asking is if people would just uh, go on our website, usml.edu.
1: One, one more time a, on that, John.
3: Yes, usml, for University of St. Mary of the Lake, edu. And there's a, a link right there on the front page. Uh, and it, it's just a way to, then we'll send them a follow-up reminder, so uh, they'll be reminded when to, to check in. And then it'll be up, you know, available Uh, after that, uh, in general, on the website. And very specifically, it'll be most of the elements that you associate with May crowning. It won't be a Mass, so it'll be a a liturgy service um, with music performed by seminarians and some faculty members, uh, readings. Uh, I'll give a a little reflection. Uh, Mary, of course, will be crowned by one of our seminarians. Uh, when we filmed it, the weather was just awful outside, so uh, it won't be the, the statue of Mary in the Dowdle Garden, oh. uh, which we often do, but it'll be the Marian statue in, uh, in the John Paul II Chapel. Uh, and uh, then there'll be some closing music. Uh, so the whole event runs about an hour.
1: And the thing is, uh, <laughs> the actual crowning takes place by a seminary, but is the music provided, you said earlier, by seminarians in their different dioceses?
3: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, one of the pieces is played here on campus. Uh, The uh, Salve Regina is chanted in Joliet, if memory serves me right. Uh, The Gospel is read in El Paso, and so it's It's really cool the way that uh, our team has put that together.
1: That's amazing. That's great. Well,
2: let's take a little break and come back. Uh, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, we're talking here with Father John Karchi, President, Rector, Mundelein Seminary. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about what's going on right now at the seminary and talk about our young men who are considering that road to priesthood and your impressions of them. So we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Catholic Charities started in 1917. Veterans were among our first clients. That work continues
1: today. Each year, more than 20,000 veterans turn to Catholic Charities for support through a variety of
0: services and programs.
1: We provide vets in need with food, shelter, counseling, and more. Our job training program includes job readiness training, resume writing, mock interviews, and job placement guidance. Our supportive services for veteran families offer additional assistance
4: as vets work to become as self-sufficient as possible.
2: With gratitude, our veteran programs
3: are based on the belief that as veterans faithfully served our nation, it is
2: our privilege to serve them.
1: To learn more about our veteran services, call 312-655-7700 or go to catholiccharities.net. That's 312-655-7700 or catholiccharities.net.
0: We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Cupich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson.
1: We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Cupich about how the COVID-19 epidemic is affecting just about every aspect of life in America, including how we worship. We'll talk about attending Mass online and how the church continues to reach out
0: to help those in need. We'll also bring you stories about using modern technology to teach fire safety to our children, and when losing your hair can be a good thing for others. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at three on the Comcast Network, Channel 100.
4: Catholic Charities needs your help. Amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities continues to serve those least able to navigate these extraordinary circumstances. The poor, the homeless, the elderly, and those with no one to turn to. The needs in our community will only grow in the coming weeks and months, but so will the resolve and generosity of countless individuals across our region. With your help, Catholic Charities will be there for those impacted with the food, financial assistance, and other support they need to recover and rise. Please visit CatholicCharities.net and give what you can.
2: We're back, WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. Phone number 312 255 8408. Father Greg sakowitz Mark Teresa here. We're talking with Father John Karchi. Rector, president of Mundline. You know, before you were rector, and pr- were, you, were you on the faculty before you were rector?
3: I was uh, teaching scripture.
2: But you were in a parish too, weren't you? At Saint Benedict. Well, before
1: that, uh, John was yep, over the, at the uh, Shield Center. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah was. was at
3: Saint Ben. Uh, then I went up to Catholic U to do some further studies in scripture. Then I was the chaplain at Northwestern, is great. Oh, said. I
1: remember that. Yes, John. What years were you at Northwestern? Uh, Two
3: thousand nine to thirteen
1: because I arrived at St. Mary's and Evanston in 2010 until 16. Right. So we crossed over for yeah, uh, three lapped years there. together. We left in, in the same, that uh, deanery, but yes, in the same group. Did Greg finish
2: yeah. his degree then? <laughs> 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 when you were up there? <laughs> no. Here, here's, mythology, <laughs> this is here's a serious question. That's right. Uh, I think it's important, especially if there are any young folks listening, um, today and concern, uh, discerning their vocation. Um, What did you learn at St. Benedict's from the folks in the parish there? What was your experience like there?
3: Yeah. Oh, it was a wonderful—it was only two years, but extremely formative for me. Uh, And I'd say if I learned anything, it was the central importance of family for everything, and certainly in faith formation. Um, You know, each parish is unique. The St. Dun's neighborhood was a place where— you know, a lot of families had put down roots and they were there sometimes for generations. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, the kids would grow up and move away and things like that. But what was just so clear to me was that the formation we receive at home and in those early years of school is what really becomes your foundation. Mm-hmm. And when I was at Northwestern, it was very evident to me. I mean, the kids who were involved there, you could always trace it back, <clears throat> excuse me, to those family experiences. And now that I'm at the seminary, I see the same thing with guys who are following these vocations. It's family, family, family.
1: John, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you miss being a parish priest?
3: Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, If I were asked to do that again, I would certainly take it up uh, with joy in the heart. I have no regrets at all for being here. You know, I love that as well. But I think every diocesan priest you know, if you ask him why he's doing what he's doing, it's his love for parish ministry. That's exactly
1: right.
2: Now, in one of the things that I don't know if you've incorporated, but you've sure embellished and grown that whole uh, program where seminarians are in parishes. Uh, we have we have seminarians at Holy Name. Anybody that that I know that's in a parish where there's a seminarian, they're thrilled. They're absolutely thrilled. Could you talk a little bit about that program?
3: Yes, the the Tolton Teaching Parish Program. Um, very proud, named after Father Tolton, mm-hmm. great parish priest himself. But that's really been an initiative in trying to to grow here. Just as you said, it's associating seminarians with par- parishes. Um, That's simply kind of going out piecemeal, but really establishing a relationship for their entire tenure that they're at Mundelein uh, with the place, getting to know uh, the people, kind of putting down roots. Um, And that program just continues to grow from year to year. Uh, One of my classmates at Mundelein, Father Maino Waitaka, uh, who's going to be our new dean of formation, Starting this fall, uh, now oversees that program, and he brings almost 10 years as a parish pastor himself. So that's a great experience. Um, but I just truly believe that when you combine that with you know excellent education and formation at the seminary, it's a win-win for parishes, for the seminarians, and ultimately for the church.
1: Now, just the last few minutes, John, you know, the month of May, I always think of ordination to the priesthood. So it must have broken your heart that you've had to postpone ordination for both the diaconate and priesthood, which was scheduled, I think, for um, May 16th at the Holy Name Cathedral. So can you say more about that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's uh, tough for me, especially tough for the guys. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, in some dioceses, everyone deals with it differently, are doing sort of the private ordinations, ordinations just with, you know, family, very small group. Um, but I felt, and Cardinal supich was wonderfully supportive of this, is that this is a celebration for the entire Archdiocese. Mm, I agree. For the people to be able to celebrate in person. Um, and it'll just make that day when it comes, you know, all the more joyful. And the, the guys understand that, and really, along with their sadness, though, they've been very supportive and generous uh, in understanding
1: I remember when I entered Mundelein Seminary in September of nineteen seventy-five. I was so focused on that second Wednesday in May in nineteen seventy-nine at Mundelein in the chapel up there for ordination day. So I'm sure for these young men, in some ways, it breaks their hearts. But like you say, when the ordination day does come later in the summer, whenever it's going to be, it'll even make it extra special. And uh, but you know, for everybody, you know, as I mentioned, our world has been turned upside down. But I think, you know, again, how do you make lemonade from lemons in this whole situation? And this, too, shall pass. But we all know, John, coming out of this, things will look different. I'm sure you're trying to figure out the schedule in the fall as the seminarians hopefully come back.
3: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, all the colleges and universities are kind of wrestling with this question. Mm -hmm. And what I just say is, you know, let's be flexible. I say that to our faculty. I say that to the guys. Um, you know, and don't assume that things are going to look the way they always did before, but this isn't new in the Church. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Holy Spirit has prepared us for this, and as long as fear, you know, doesn't become our guiding factor, I think we're going to be just fine.
1: Again, faith over fear, peace over panic, and wisdom over worry. So I want to thank in a very special way. Father John Karchi, the Rector-President of Mundelein Seminary, University of St. Mary of the Lake. John, again briefly, you have May Crowning this Sunday at 1 p.m. Give us the uh, web they can go to to sign up. Sure.
3: USML.edu
1: And Father John Karchi, a tremendous priest in the Archdiocese. You do great work. Uh, John, God bless you and the great work you do and the faculty. uh, Give my best to all of them up there. And to our listeners, its time is now 829. Father Greg Zack was with Mark Teresi. Our phone number 312 255 8408 wndz 750 AM. We'll be back right after these messages. And again, do not touch that dial.